Shut up and sit down. I'm Dr. Corbin Weaver, an OB-GYN resident. I'm Dr. Katie Wyatt, and I'm one too. And I'm Dave Etler, their pod father. And, and we, we are, are the Vagabonds. Three friends venturing through the world of feminism and healthcare for women, babies, and people of all kinds. We don't give medical advice, and we don't speak for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having in bars anyway. This episode, we're going to be talking about anti-D and how the man with the golden arm saved over two million babies. Ah, oh, the man Yay. with the golden arm. With the golden arm. Man. We can't talk about it right now, though. That's such a good title. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I wish I was the man with the golden arm. Who's the golden guy? Who? What's that? The guy that turned into gold? Oh, Midas. Oh, Midas. 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 Yes. yes, everything he touched turned into gold. Yeah. Um. Hey, you know what, uh, you guys? What? I hate to break this to you. What? Yeah. Doctors. Yes. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. This is... <laughs> Can we just start every show now by being doctor? 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 Dave? Dave? Dr. Wyatt? Yes. Dr. Weaver? Yes. Yeah. Is this our last episode in the womb? Uh, no. All together? Okay. No. I just had this. We're going we're gonna to do some more before we leave so that we don't I just had lose this, any in the move. I just had this thought like, oh my God, what if it's the last? And I don't know. No, it's not. Okay, good. That's As you good. can see, we're really good at playing ahead here, guys. What? I'm just telling our listeners that we plan ahead a lot. We plan ahead a lot. No. Andrew is giving me a hard time for not being a planner. I'm like, this is just who I am. It's never going to change. Yeah, same. I'm a P, not a J. Don't judge me. I just took a picture because we're literally all on our phones right now. So it shows you how much we care about podcasting. <laughs> I was responding to my um, wife who is trying to call me. And I was pulling up something for the podcast. Uh-huh. Likely story. Some the only person here who wasn't taking care of business was me. <laughs> I was taking a picture for our and I was social trying to, media. So. And I was trying to keep my lovely wife happy. Oh, that's always good. We love Christine. Anyway. Anyway, okay, what are you breaking to us? Yeah, what are you really? I thought I was breaking to you that Oh, that is our last. That it was our last. But you, you were Alas, you were wrong. Okay. Good. I'm I'm glad. Personally. Yeah, I know me too. But oh, oh actually, actually though, but Unless we record all of those new shows yeah. this week, there will be a new location because I'm moving. <gasps> yeah, that's oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah. So it is the last one. In so the it room. is the last it one. Might in be. The yeah. All right. Well. Wow. We did good, guys. It, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss this womb. It feels very warm and cozy. It feels so very what, cool, which is nice. I like to think that my uterus has wood paneling on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and and a mural, a wallpaper mural of a forest with some deer in it. Yes. Yes. Actually, I know that's in there for sure. I, so, <laughs> I mean, have you met me? In some questionable art. Yeah. It's fine. It's good. Uh, good. Well, yeah, I could see that. The splinters must be hell, but. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't know. Oh man, good times. Um, speaking of sweet titles, have you guys read anything good lately? <laughs> no. I'm like lacking for banter right now. <laughs> I just finished a book though. What was it called? Oh, it was it was like a little bit pertinent. It's called The Midwife's Revolt. Oh, it's about it's a historical fiction, as is my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about this like midwife who in the Revolutionary War, who was, like, friends with Abigail Adams, and there's, like, this plot to assassinate the Adams family. Oh. And, anyway. Intrigue. She, she helps deter it. I don't know. It's very good. Anyway. I, I, uh, 
I only read trashy science fiction. I love trashy science fiction. Um, like exclusively, like I try to branch out and then I'm like, you know what? I need me some trashy science fiction. I just picked. If it costs more than $5 on Amazon. (laughs) I'm in that boat too. (laughs) Then then I ain't reading it. This was a Kindle daily deal. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Nice. What were you going to say? I just picked back up the name of the wind because i have like 50 pages to finish and okay. that's it we all need to finish this of and the, then like, do like an episode about it <laughs> because the, we're like, like all read it. almost 1000 pages i for some yeah. reason stopped 50 pages before the end because you just didn't want it to end because it's yeah, so good that's why maybe there was i mean you had a few things going on and then i picked it i started reading again i was like man this is good why did i stop reading it <laughs> it's probably when you came back from sweden and you just yeah. like had other crap to do oh man good times good times Anyway, I got a message from um, on our Instagram people. Ooh, do read from a listener. Oh yeah, yeah. What they what 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 did the, who is this listener? Can we say her name? Oh uh, sure, Smiling Premed. Oh, I I'm Ooh. I'm aware of Smiling Premed. Oh, uh, hi Smiling Premed. What up, girl or boy? Um, Can we call you Smiling? I call everyone girls. She um she uh she's listening to all of our episodes, so thank you for that. Um, we really appreciate that. We do. We're not she, doing this just to hear ourselves talk, people. I am. Yeah. So should I just read it? It's kind yeah, of please, read it. please. Um, so she says, "I'm originally from Syria, and I came to the U.S. about six years ago when uh, I was a freshman in high school. So in Syria and most Middle Eastern countries, talking about sex is taboo. And this is in reference to our owl episode. Oh right. Um, uh, it's taboo even in schools. We don't get any sex education at all, or probably they start talking about it a little in eleventh to twelfth, twelfth grades only." The systems over there is very different. Even even school, they separate girls and boys when they get to the seventh grade. It's hmm. pretty interesting. So we have schools for girls and schools for boys from seventh to twelfth grade, which um, might think it's great because they can talk about those topics but they actually don't. But they don't. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because even parents don't talk to talk about the the topics, especially in our culture and religion, which she puts in parentheses as Islam. Uh, we're not allowed to have sex till getting married, which means that um, they don't really talk about it till a couple days before marriage and then like had the sweaty face emojis. <laughs> <laughs> the nervous emoji. Yeah, nervous. So in my story, when I started high school here, I was in huge culture shock. And especially when I took biology in high school and we had multiple chapters about sex education. I didn't ask her what state she lives in. I forgot to. Um, I personally didn't want to be in the class because I thought it's a taboo topic. But later I learned more about the American culture and the importance of this education. So as a pre-med or even um, for you ob what do you think you're going to do when you have patients from these backgrounds, and especially if they're young and not married? How do you approach this topic and educate people who think talking about it is taboo? That is a fantastic question. It is a fantastic question. Thank you. Thank you, Smiling Pre-Med. Yeah. Because this is a big deal. You're you're not going to be... You guys aren't going to be, you know, limited... To talking to Americans about right. which, right. for which there are a wide enough range of comfort with the idea of sexuality, but you could be talking to people from, especially like uh, you're going to be in an urban area, right? Me? Yeah, South well, Carolina. What's the city? Columbia. Columbia. I mean, yes, South Carolina is not a very urban state. No, you're right. Okay. She like Corbin will. Corbin will be. I mean, Corbin Aust- will be in Austin. Austin's huge. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Both conservative states, though. Yeah. Yeah. Not much of a change from our lives now. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is like a really hard question, right? Because on one hand, you want to be like culturally sensitive. Right. But on the other hand, like you have a job to do, you know? Right. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, I was thinking about this a ton. Of course. And how much is the job we have to do culturally defined and you know all that right, and yeah, we're not yeah, going to yeah. get into that because right. that's like a wormhole that we don't that's have like time right now that's like a whole own like yeah. episode series <laughs> yeah. yeah our job to do what is that yeah anyway um but i feel like a lot of it has to do with talking to your patient before like saying hey i'm gonna talk about this today would you like to be by yourself without your parent or significant other in the room because you feel awkward talking about it in front of them? Or would you, you know, like, how do you want to have this conversation? Right. Like, this is something we're going to broach today. Or um, also, like, being very aware of, like, letting the patient choose who their provider is, like, if they're not comfortable with an opposite sex provider Mm -hmm. or, you know, all that. I don't know. My answer to these questions is always like talk to your patient, mm-hmm. like just ask them what they feel comfortable with and what they prefer. Yeah, which is a good answer, but also like it's it's the like quote unquote best answer. But also like I mean, there are things that you should talk to your patients about, even if it makes them uncomfortable, because yeah. it's good for them. It's about their health. Yeah, like and like I mean, there's also like patients that I've said like you don't have to talk to me about this, but I am going to tell you so that you're educated. Okay. You don't have to tell me if you're sleeping with someone, you know, if you're having sex, you don't have to tell me like all this, but like, I am going to tell you because you should be educated and you should be informed about like making your decision or not. Well, you must have found yourself in a position of speaking with somebody from a different culture than yours during your training. Yeah. I mean, how did that go? Do you feel like it didn't, go well do you feel like you i mean it's it's and it's you know like you guys know and i know but i want to let our listeners know it's okay if you still don't feel comfortable yeah totally comfortable in that situation yeah for sure because you guys are still learning despite Mm -hmm. the mds after your name i mean i think sometimes i think those conversations are really hard in our healthcare system just because you don't have enough time Mm -hmm. and especially if there's a language barrier right it can just be like make it really bad and like really almost traumatic even yeah yeah i would say that it it is never like we're making it out to be it's never like i am not allowed to talk to this patient about her sex life you know it's always like I asked someone, like, if they're currently sexually active and they, like, giggle and look away and, like, don't feel comfortable answering. Right, yeah. You know, it's it's never, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm going to talk to you about the HPV vaccine and why you should get it. And they're, like, nope, I'm not going to listen to you. You know, it's, like, do you know about the HPV vaccine? No. Well, okay, I'm going to tell you about it because that's my job. You know, it's, like... (sighs) I feel like it, it does, it's way more gray than black and white. Yeah, I feel no, like that's, it might, very, that's I, a good point. I feel like things may come more to the front when you're discussing a particular treatment. Yeah. Um, right, or you know. like consent for like a procedure or something. Mm-hmm. I would say like most of the patients that I've, because um, we talked about this like in our Syrian refugee episode, um, like most of the patients that I've had that like 
typically their like in their culture their community would like help them consent like they basically just like understand this is how it is in america and they like just consent for themselves but usually i mean if they are in that kind of culture then they like will have already talked to their community and like you know it's not very rarely do people get those kind of procedures the same day as they're they're not very often told that they need it the same day that they receive the procedure right right, that makes sense like you're you're scheduled for a surgery like a long time beforehand and also totally different to like bring up something that's like super culturally insensitive at the beginning of an appointment versus the end because by the end you've like established rapport and your patient knows you and like and you you've gotten a feel a for like what they're comfortable with and yeah it's a lot different it's not like you just walk in a room and just be like we're gonna talk about abortion today what up that's <laughs> <laughs> how i like to bring like we do that's how podcast. i like to start many of my conversations <laughs> anyway Wow, what a great question, Smile and Premed. Thank you so much. Keep us uh, keep us surprised of your journey. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear. Someday you'll be a smiling med. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to hear more about how things are going. Yeah. Uh, over the years. All right. All right. So, should we talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Always. Okay. So we're going to talk about Mr. James Harrison. Woo! So this is a man who just turned 81, Woo. donated blood for the last time. Why for the last time? Oh, you're because probably going to get there. Sorry. Yeah. God, I'm such a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> he donated blood for the last time today because uh, he's turning 81 and apparently that's when you age out. I don't know. In Australia. In Australia. Yeah, he's, from, he's an Australian. That's he lives down under. Um, so he's donated all the way from age 18 to 81, um, a total of 1,172 times. Wow. Uh, mostly from his right arm, only 10 times from his left arm. (laughs) Wow. That's like so specific. That poor arm. It's uh, it's like a a massive scar tissue at this point. I've been donating plasma and i have like huge scars already and i can only imagine what his look like yeah. yeah so um so the reason why they call him with the man with the golden arm is because he actually has a rare antibody called the anti-d antibody um he when he was a child he had to have a lung removed it didn't say why but um and he had to receive like two gallons of blood and so ever since wow, then, that's he, a lot of blood. yeah, ever since then, he felt like really, um, I guess, inspired or felt like he needed to donate blood, you know, give back. Mm-hmm. And so probably due to his exposure, he developed a antibody, the mm. anti-D antibody. His exposure to, to the transfused blood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was confused about how this worked. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to explain it. No worries. Good. We got you. Um, so... And this antibody actually is saves baby. So the they estimated that he saved over two, 2.4 million babies' lives. Wow. And how can he save these babies' lives by the blood? And it's not because they're transfusing his blood into the babies. Right. It's actually because of this antibody. They take the antibody from his blood. Mm. So when we talk about uh, blood types, there are four blood types. Main ones. Yeah. A, B, A, B, and O. And then we talk about people either being positive or negative. 
Okay. And this is another antibody. So, it, or not antibody, antigen. Mm-hmm. Um, the RH. RH, yeah, factor, whatever. And so people are either positive or negative of this little, basically it's a protein that you have on your blood cells. Yeah. So the A, the A, B, and the O's, these are a protein that you either have if it's A or B, two different types, or don't have, which if you're O. Yeah. And then you either are positive or negative of a different type of protein that you have on your blood. Right. So, in for women who are pregnant and they have negative negative blood, so they don't have the second type of protein, the Rh factor, we call it. Um, if they have our, if they have a baby who is has a positive blood type, so they have a positive Rh factor, so their dad is positive, for example. Um, what can happen actually is that the, so throughout pregnancy, the baby's blood can mix with the mom's blood. Mm-hmm. And basically the mom's immune system can detect the baby's blood and then create antibodies against the baby's blood. And so these antibodies, usually it's not a problem with the first pregnancy because the type of, um, without getting too far into the weeds here with like immunoglobins, but basically the first type of like antibody created can't pass the placenta, but with more time, it creates basically a more mature type of antibody. And so in subsequent pregnancies, this antibody can actually attack the baby can cross the placenta and attack the baby's blood, creating something called hemolytic disease of the newborn. It sounds like bad news. It's bad news, friends. It is really bad news. Actually, um, my husband's uncle died of this in infancy. Oh, really? Yeah. I believe Christine was also a uh, RH baby. Oh, really? And I'm not sure what they would call her, that. But... Her mom got Rogan. Yeah. When she, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... And this can lead to fetal anemia, which can lead to uh, something called hydrops fetalis which uh, is just as nasty as it sounds basically it's um basically accumulation of like water and parts of where it's not supposed to be basically and- it turns all of your organs to like a liquid soup yeah essentially i mean essentially essentially and it, it kills yeah. the fetus yeah. yeah so yes it's, it's bad mm-hmm. it's really bad and um so basically and in the past like they couldn't really do much about this Right. But then they were able to actually um, identify that the, some people have this anti-D antibody. And basically what they do is just inject anti-D into the mother 28 weeks and then after birth if the baby is positive. The shot prevents the mother's immune system from being sensitized to the baby's protein that it doesn't have. And that's, I mean, that's the truth for like anyone who receives a blood transfusion or whatever, who gets blood that has a protein that you don't naturally have in your own body, like you will form an antibody to that. Um, But this is just bad when it, when we talk about mothers and babies and all that. So anyway, our guy basically is one of the few people in the world, relatively speaking, that has this antibody in his body 
Right. naturally and they haven't actually been able to develop uh and this is something i didn't know we talk about rural game all the time and i had no idea that um there is no like fake they don't make this in a lab There's like no it lab has made. to be from people's hmm. plasma right let's think about that this guy's been donating blood for 72 years since he was 18 right uh-huh, uh-huh. i don't think my math's right there but anyway he's been donating for a fuck of a long 18. time 81 minus 18. Uh, he's been donating, for fu- f- donating blood for a fuck of a long time. Yeah. And we still haven't figured out how to synthesize this, this protein for which, which is the tr- treatment for, a, I mean, it's not an uncommon problem, right? Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, if this guy oh, saved yeah, like 2.6 of, million babies. Tons of women get. Right. Yeah. Tons of, tons of women. Yeah. There's, a, and there's only the, w- the article I read said that there's only like 200 people in Australia that have this antibody. Basically, I mean, part of the reason that like no one had, well, first of all, you would never be able to like, what I'm trying to say is essentially you like have to get this from a dude because oh. it would be unethical to give a yeah. female who could, or I mean, I guess maybe like a post, a post like reproductive age female mm. because someone, it, or yeah, someone who couldn't basically you have to like, you can only give it to someone who was never going to have a baby again because like it'd be harmful to, you can only get it from someone who is never going to have a baby. Right. Yeah. I skipped a step there. That's right. So like what I'm saying is like, if we wanted to like have more people that could give us this antibody, it would basically take like introducing the antigen so that they form the antibody. Right. Like that's how we would have to like artificially give it to them. So they yeah. would make the antibody, but you couldn't do that to someone who was going to have babies because mm. it would like harm all their future pregnancies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. And the article I read, it did say that some men, I guess, sign up to, yeah well because okay so like i donate plasma which is like similar to this where like basically they take my plasma and they like the company that i sell it to like they use it to make things like i've intravenous immunoglobulin which is ivig it's that is just like a combination of all the immunoglobulins that are in a bunch of different people's blood that basically they give it to you if you have like an assortment of like there's a whole bunch of diseases um but basically like protects you against things because you're it's like a way of passive immunity where you're basically taking immunoglobulins that someone else has made and giving it to someone who can't make them or doesn't have enough of them to like prevent infections because it's like bypassing that part of your immune system or i mean this is how vaccines work exposed to something right yeah so like this is like my brother used to donate plasma and he got the rabies vaccine for this reason too so like they gave him the rabies vaccine which like has the rabies antigen in it essentially and so he made antibodies to rabies and then when if you get bitten by an animal thought to possibly have rabies you get the vaccine and rabies ivig so you're getting the rabies antibody so that if rabies is in your body your immune systems already have the antibody to attack it Mm. because rabies is like fatal i mean people don't make the antibody without the vaccine because you die before you make it um anyway hmm. so same thing with hepatitis b same thing i mean there's like a ton of yeah ton of immunoglobulins that we use to give other people of yeah, people Bray. who already have them you get ivig yeah. for yeah dave knows dave yep so anyway moral of the story is that's how you 
use people's plasma. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think probably some people when they read this story were like, how is that even a thing? But that's how, because, and this is really common. I mean. And I mean, the discovery of, like, of the development of Rogam as a drug is, like, saved, like, I mean, this guy, you know, has saved, like, what, 2.5 million, you said? Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, this discovery has saved, like, billions, probably, of babies' lives. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a huge testament to, like, medical science. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, like, my husband's uncle died of it, and, you know, that's, like, one in seven kids like died of that you know one like, in seven of, in that family i don't know how many it oh, is okay. actually but like you know like i mean yeah yeah that's a lot anyway. yeah and so it's administered 28 weeks and then when the baby's born they check the baby's blood type right and if it's um positive then they give another dose based on the amount of blood mixing there was yeah and also if like if um the woman had like um any vaginal bleeding during yeah. like any episode of vaginal bleeding during pregnancy the yeah. if a woman is rh negative you get a shot too because it's like thought to be any episode well, of like vaginal bleeding could like suggest that there was blood mixing essentially yeah and so acog actually has a list of things that could cause the mixing or whatever the chorionic villus sampling so that's when they take a sample of the placenta or amniocentesis um Threatened miscarriage or miscarriage, ectopic pregnancies, yeah. evacuation of a molar pregnancy, therapeutic termination of a pregnancy, also known as like an elective abortion, antepartum hemorrhage, abdominal trauma, intrauterine fetal death, external cephalic version or delivery. So, yep. Should have a show about external. Cephalic version. Exter- I, I'm thinking of... Um, the, the more calm. Yeah, I guess it's external cephalic version. The one where the baby's basically upside down and you gotta yeah, twist push it. it back into yeah, place. Yeah. Christine had that. They're very interesting. And My wife has had a lot of painful. things. Painful. We just need to have Christine on the show. We just, have we'll just ask her her medical history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there are other antibodies too that people can have. Yeah. But those are more rare. More rare and yeah, can be. I mean, it depends on the amount of the levels. We call them the titers. Yeah. If you're trying to use fancy medical terms. And we are. Um, so. Because we're doctors now, so we can. Yeah. I think. Man, that was a good episode. That's like so interesting. I wish I could, you know, like. I'm never gonna like. like I have many medical science. I have many satisfying things about my life, right? But this guy, I know yeah. he gets to, he is 81 years old and he's like, look how many babies I saved motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dave, yeah. you got all irritated about the fetal heartbeat bill, but I fucking saved a jillion babies. I know. Yeah. I don't know. That's just so there cool. There 2.4 million people on this earth because of him. Yeah. What? Wow. His lives are better. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. It's crazy. Good for you. What's his name? That's like... James. Good for you, James. That's like two-thirds of the population of Iowa. Yeah. Well done. That was a lot of That is a life... That is a life... (laughs) 
That is a life well spent. Yeah, that is a life well spent. Right yeah. there. No That's matter, like irrespective entire... of anything else he did in his life. Yeah. This is like the hope, though. Like, if I ever found out that I had, some, you know, like something like that, I hope that I would, like, always, you know, always continue. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Or, like, that someone would let me know so I could, like, always do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, all right. I would assume awesome. that they told him. Right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, sure. Like, hey, you should, if you could, come back whenever you can because. Right, because you have this thing. Well, I mean, it's like people with O, O, um, O negative blood, you know, are the universal donor. So yeah. they, uh, yeah. My mom has O positive blood and gets called all the time from the blood bank to come donate. I have O positive. I have A positive. I think I have AB something. Ooh. Is that good? I don't know. We just all have different blood types. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. Yours I thought, I thought it was good. special for a second. I thought you were going to say, Dave, Ooh. you can save 2.4 million babies. Yours is good for... You can get everyone's blood. Yeah, you can get everyone's blood. Okay. So I can, I'm basically a taker. Yep. Great. Yep. Great. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Any fallopian files? Oh, uh, yes. I'm trying to find it. My uh, fallopian files is absurdly large rolls of bubble wrap because I'm currently <laughs> moving and it just makes me happy. Uh, you know, it's disappointing. Sometimes they have packing uh, materials that aren't poppable. You know mm, what I'm talking about? Lame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like foamy kind of. I don't know. Just foam, anything like, other than bubble wrap, basically. Yeah. yeah. You know, bubble wrap was originally supposed to be wallpaper. But <laughs> I did not know that. I love that. That sounds like a terrible idea, but okay. Actually great because it's great for capitalism too, because you constantly have to replace it. <laughs> right. I don't think it would be popular though. Yeah, no. For that reason. Okay. I found my Philippian file. Go. Okay. It's the Radio Lab episode titled Blood, and it's about how blood banks july 31st 2013 mm -hmm. i'm deep in the backlog guys oldie but a um, but it's really it's really interesting it's about blood banks and like it definitely pertains to what we talked about so it's basically about how like blood banks are all connected so they like sell blood to other blood banks and it's like capitalism and conspiracy and anyway you should listen to it because it's very interesting really? yeah it's way more interesting than i ever thought it would be wow yeah so anyway it's i mean it was really good so that's always how i feel about uh like when i read a radio lab description that doesn't sound that interesting to me i'm like mm, this sounds boring and then i listen to it anyway i'm like oh that was really good actually Every radio lab, yeah. i'm like oh my gosh how did i never know about this yeah yeah anyway Except for the ones about plants. I don't give a shit about plants. I love plants. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, plants. Why don't you just fucking die? <laughs> no, I don't want at, them to die. I house, want them to do. still be around, but at my house, they I do just die. don't want to hear about them. <laughs> <laughs> Stay over there in the corner, photosynthesize, and shut the fuck up. Yeah, give me some oxygen. <laughs> My RD in college, she would have plants, and she would like put her face right above them and be like, "Breathe in," and she's like, "I'm getting their oxygen." <laughs> That's funny. This is the, this is what's bad about growing up uh, though on a like farm type environment in Iowa is that everyone always fucking talks about plants, <laughs> <laughs> like in the crop and the Absolutely. yield, and All you're weekend, just like, "I'm like, going you got to your die." Corn in yet? You got your beans in yet? Yeah. <laughs> 
is so foreign to me. It's so boring. Well, what if you invite me to your hometowns one day so yes. we can go down to the local, uh, the local whatever and local, sh- the local soda fountain? I mean, what yeah. the, you know. Yeah, our topic of conversation is how it must have been much drier here because people have their corn in already. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pro tip, you can't plant when it's wet. Because you tear up your fields. Anyway, okay, I would do should we end on a farmer joke? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you call a group of farmers in a basement? <laughs> a wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> you could also apply that to medical students. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. Alright, well, we'll see you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>